I'm pretty pumped about this week's podcast. With me, Callum Robson, one of my favourite new athletes in the world who has absolutely killed it on the uh, circuit this year, surfing, mate. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good, Greg. Thanks for having us. Oh, mate, can't wait. And Worko, who has been here longer than the curtains in the place. He was there back in 2004 when we designed our first ever compression garment, and he's still been a friend of body science after all these years and one of the most respected people in that space of, uh, am I correct in saying S&C, mate? I won't blow my own tyres up, but yeah. I've been around a long time and I have been yeah, part of this industry and in particular body science, been a big, ab- big advocate of um, the brand for a long time. So yeah. Sweet. And that's been through some of the coolest athletes that have come through here like Kenny Wallace and stuff, but we're not going to talk too much now. We're going to rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent or manage any injury, disease or other health-related condition. <laughs> Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. I'm going to throw on the end, favourite pro surfers in the house, everyone. How are you, mate? Good. Thanks, Greg. Let's talk about your season. Like, let's just kick off. Like, seriously, you fucking smashed it. Oh, cheers, yeah. It's a lot different from what I was doing last year, so (laughs) everything's moving real quick, but I'm real happy about it. And how was it to go from being like a a renowned free surfer? Like, you had a competitive spirit in you in that space, but everyone talks about you came in late to the competitive Mm. model. I don't know if that's true or not, but you, you, you know, you read what you read. Yeah. Did you, all of a sudden, at 15, say, geez, I might start surfing. How, like, what, what does that really mean when they say that you weren't part of the junior series and all the things that happen? Yeah, I kind of started surfing. I, I've surfed for a long time. I've kind of been on and off surfing since I was probably like 10 or something around like that age. And then it wasn't until I played footy my whole junior career in terms of like when I was probably from like 8 to, to 14. And it wasn't until I was probably 13, 14s when I started surfing and and like surfing consistently and then it wasn't until i was about 15 is when i started doing the comps and then wasn't until probably like when i was like 17 i went all right this is i want to do this seriously i've kind of always been surfing but never been fully involved in the whole surf scene until a little bit later on in my in my years i mean how did that work for you on your first year on the circuit did that crush you because you didn't have that oh that's um, that's a dumbass thing i'm staying here because you killed it. But obviously your first year, it's your rookie year. Mm. It's a tough gig, okay? Like to suddenly go from being that hottie on your local beach, excuse the word hottie, that's a shit way to say it, but, you know, being the person who stands out in that space to being on, you know, you, you couldn't do anything at any comp without Brazilians hacking on you or, you know, someone having a go, you know, he's good, he's bad, he's this. It's like it, all of a sudden you're in everyone's space and you've got no private space. How did you go with that? Yeah, it's definitely interesting, especially going from nobody really knowing me to all of a sudden being under the spotlight of everyone but I've had to do a lot of work in terms of for just for myself in terms of belonging and belonging to myself and not having to worry about what others think or others perceive what I do so I think that's really important is making sure that you've got a good sense of belonging to who you are because that gives you the self-confidence and the belief in yourself that you're going to show up and do your best every single time Um, and for me that's what is important to me is just making sure that I belong to myself I don't have to fit in or fit into the the tour life or anything I'm just doing me and then yeah that's how I go about my my way on tour and you mentioned the tour life and the tour life's really professional these days like Kelly brought a whole new level of everything to sport but you you know half of your photos are you squatting and doing all this crazy stuff that people probably think why well, surfers doing that and mm. Worko can jump on that soon and to tell us like technically why you're doing it. But is that part of you too? You just love being under the weights or you, you love the gym or is it is it functionally where you're going to take surfing? Is this the new version of professional surfer? Yeah, I think it's all of that combined. For me growing up, not having that, that kind of surf background or um, so much 
a really good technical surfer. I kind of relied more on my power and kind of my explosiveness and, and also just my belief in myself and just, just really my attitude about just having a crack. So for me, that all starts from the preparation I put in. And from a young age, I've always loved training, always loved being in the gym. I've got a cousin that I'm very competitive with and I've trained with <laughs> a long time. So me and him have always gone to the pool, swam, done boxing, done like training and kind of that that preparation which when i get to the when i get to the the event makes me feel like i can i've done everything i can and that way i can go there and perform without any anything pulling me back or any negative thoughts about that i haven't done enough i know that i've rocked up and i'm prepared the best i can and and not just the preparation but also just actually how not just like what you, you mentally what it feels like but more so physically when i rock up i've really noticed the difference when i started training a lot smarter for so long i trained and just did hit and just like flogged myself and overtrained and did too much it wasn't till meeting worker when i started training a lot smarter when i really felt the improvements especially just in my power and just like how much i wouldn't fall off and just different pits like that so yeah it's, i feel like it's changed the way i've been i've surfed for sure so worker let's talk a bit about you um you've been everything from an athlete professional athlete through to spend a lot of time with you guys in the kayaking area with kenny and all the crew but the big thing is you moved on to surfing which is your sport like the sport yeah, yeah. you love and you're the legacy type bloke to me like you're you're not starting out your career you're, you're towards the end of your career are we are we going to see some major change to the way surfers in australia think with people like you heading up programs i'd like to think that the sort of the world's their oyster for these young surfers coming through and and people are starting to look up to the likes of cal who's actually only still you know 22 21 yeah, you 22 forget that don't you yeah and yeah. you forget how young cal is and then the professionalism that he's bringing to surfing and the amount of people who are watching him and in particular the youth it's going to pay massive dividends as we move forward as a nation that's a massive thing because we've sort of we had a period of dominance in surfing and then we've had this big lull period where now i truly believe that um the likes of cal and the, there's a cohort that are actually starting to really train smart starting to really put things together consistently i do believe we'll um you know start moving up in the ranks and you can start to see that happening now with the amount of people that we've got on tour and the ones that are coming through in the Challenger Series group that are potentially going to be on tour. And probably the big thing is that they are all buying into the fact that they want to be athletes. And, you know, in the past, you know, no disrespect to any any previous surfers, but things have moved forward in the athletic arena and surfing didn't necessarily follow that too well. Now it's actually starting to, you know, a lot of the other nations, you know, apart from Australia are starting to really get into it and we're just starting to catch up and we're genuinely starting to you know put ourselves up there as well and so the high performance center at casarina yeah, yeah has a lot to do with the big change in this area oh i think it does it definitely does like it's a it's a purpose-built facility it's actually brilliant it's a it's a massive playhouse it's you know if you're looking at it as a from an athlete point of view, it's got everything that we need from weights to access to psych, access to dietitians, access to recovery facilities, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, it's definitely everything's there for us to, to or the surfers and us to utilise. It's just a matter of growing the interest. And that interest has happened because of the likes of Cal and the cohort that are actually starting to come through now. And man, I noticed on your... Um your last stop on the tour, you had a few lay days before the comp was on. You were lifting some pretty heavy weights leading into that. Is that a, is that a mental thing for you or is that part of a program that I know Workos keeps his programs tied to his chest, <laughs> so I know there's going to be nothing given away in that space as to what you're doing. And I've seen some of the pictures of what you are. You're doing some pretty fucking cool shit, you guys, like it's really out there. But is that is that just keeping the head in space or is that actually 
part of your program is to be on. Worker can talk about more of the specifics around it, but it's definitely part of my program and, and lifting that that sort of high high end of my, my range of what I can lift closer to a comp. So we just back down the volume sort of thing. Yep. The amount of work gets that gets done. Yeah, I think for me, leading into the competition, it's important to make sure you're feeling your strongest. And Workout does a really good job of that and making sure that you you feel and you you're kind of like you're feeling like you're doing your best work you've ever done leading up to that contest and kind of making you feel good as soon as you're leaving the gym. I think that's really important, especially around events when there's a lot of external things going on. And I feel like it's a great opportunity to slow things down and head into the gym and just be really purposeful about what your session's going to be. And it's a good opportunity to connect with your body and trying to check in on where it's at because a lot of traveling and different things and there's a lot of external noise going on around events that you kind of can sometimes lose track of where your body's at so being able to come and go into a session feel like any niggles or what what you're feeling especially when you're under that sort of load and then also just getting the positive effects of lifting heavy close to exercise i think the, the sprinters do that a lot i'm pretty sure they do like a pb right before they head out mentally it gives me a massive boost and obviously physically there's science behind lifting heavy yeah and how how often are you guys communicating in that space work are you sort of putting a program and see you later or are you um because you're you're a pretty touchy feel oh that's not the right <laughs> way to put it <clears throat> he's never touched or felt me but <laughs> you're you're a hands-on you're a caring person is what i'm trying yeah. to say like you, you love that space it's really difficult when they are away because quite often um like there are different time zones so yep. time zones are difficult to work around but generally we you know, like texting each other back and forth. And there are the opportunities, you know, internet's obviously sometimes pretty tough when you're in islands, on on islands and stuff. Getting to actually chat and actually have face-to-face contacts pretty tough sometimes, but a lot of it's um through texting and that. Ideally, we're going to try and, you know, as the sport grows, like Surfing Australia wants to have more staff go away with people on tour yeah that's cool yeah which is you know if i looked at this if we had 10 events this year we think we're going to get to five five or six events this year and then as we keep rolling forward you know hopefully we'll get to more events so that side of it's going to be covered off is it going to head more towards nations supporting their athletes on the tour versus you know like billabong and rip curl and the traditionals always had their teams but it was a is it, is it going to head i mean obviously billabong and rip curl that don't want to hear that answer but it's is it going to head to that australia is going to support i mean it's olympic sport now too which obviously gives it a lot more the government can get a lot more involved in things versus an individual competing on a world tour well let's talk about are you are you iron off the olympics is that a goal for you as an athlete yeah definitely the olympics obviously me growing up always been a massive fan of sport and and for me always not knowing what i was doing but wanting to be an athlete the olympics is kind of the pinnacle of being an athlete so the fact that surfing has now got the opportunity to be in the olympics i think everybody's seen how everyone was a bit cautious or a bit wary about what it was going to do to surfing and how it was going to look on the world stage obviously being in tokyo and sometimes the quality of the waves in in japan isn't amazing but i think that event got received really well and everyone realized how big of a platform and how important olympics will be in the future of surfing it kind of it backed up what i was thinking of the olympics and how it was going to be so that just put more fuel on the fire to go and really compete and try and get that spot we're actually heading over huntington beach on the 8th of september to head over to compete for an extra spot in the olympics 
week. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah hopefully. Cool. Team Australia's going to head over there and we get two spots at the moment, but we're going to compete for another one. So fingers crossed we can do that. And just showing from what the Aussies have done this year on tour, I feel like we're going to be a strong force in years to come, and especially with the way things are moving and the kind of the culture around Aussie surfing is, I think it's moved in the right direction. And Worker, did you like the way I changed the topic from asking for an answer on that? Like I just thought, I, I watched your eyes going, <laughs> don't go there, Greg. <laughs> Stop, mate. Pull back. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> surfing Australia is like genuinely getting behind all our all our Australian athletes. We're trying to turn the tide, we are turning the tide on how much support that we've given, because you remember it's an individual sport yeah. and the brands have had such an influence for such a long time, which has been fantastic. It's been awesome. Um, it has been awesome. So now with the sport becoming an Olympic sport, it's actually allowing us to have more support around the access, um, the athletes and it's, it's kind of a cultural change because they've never experienced it where we want to take it. So we want to take it to another level and make it extremely professional and it's it's the athletes just kind just understanding that we're trying to help all of them and there's no you know there's no favoritism around anything other than we want Australia to win yep and that's important yeah, so nice. moving forward we're going to I know that we're going to influence more and more it's up to the athletes to understand that you know their opportunity to pick pick up things influence and understand where it's going to take them is, is far more benefit you know it's a massive thing because all we want is success in the sporting arena we're not worried about how much product we sell yeah nice that's good yeah. i like that is n swiss qas are all these guys involved in surfing now like are they reporting back to your yeah yeah ABC? definitely yeah. all the states all the states report back to the national body which is surfing australia and yeah. then we have influence and access from all the institutes and sysasses so south australia west australia victoria tasmanian institute so all of those we have have access to all of those bodies and then they have athletes on their books and depending on how well funded each individual state institute is that yeah with surfing being an olympic sport depending on how much funding each state has then that deems how many athletes they can have so cal it's been a tough year for you you don't have you didn't you don't have a major sticker like most people in the circuit do because you sort of come from nowhere as you talked about before and massive success like you've absolutely had an incredible year worker from your side like a traditional athlete is supported by government bodies in a way otherwise they can't can't go to their sport you know like that it's it's a tough gig to to be an athlete really is with the olympics and everything that's happening are, are all the bodies getting behind surfing as well like are we going to see good cash coming in from from governments to make sure that we are a powerhouse of the future yeah, definitely. With the 2032 Olympic being based in Queensland, the QAS and N-Swiss, because they have border access, yep. so with the Queensland-New South Wales border, so more in particular, the QAS are actually ramping up the funding, and the funding comes in... Um, what happens to a guy that lives just over the border? Well, that's where there's border access. You're moving. No, that's where... <laughs> no, but there is, like, in, in the past, New South Wales athletes have lived in Queensland and, and vice versa, and Queensland yep. athletes lived in New South Wales. So there's been this border range. Athletes can get access to either or of the institutes. That that access comes in funding of of, of staff. So yep. athletes don't get direct, direct funding. Yep. Well, they do get direct funding if they're successful, but initially it comes from um, funding of staff to provide all the sports sciences, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if Callum, say, for instance, needed access to sports psych, strength conditioning, any of those, Necessities to be a professional yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. He gets that predominantly from QAS. You pretty well much had your local community fund you onto the tour, didn't it? How'd that go down? Yeah, when I first qualified.
qualified for the the challenger series it was the first time they'd ever done it and it was obviously just after well kind of when covid just been its worst and we we're kind of getting back into things events and travel was starting to open up i kind of qualified in the last event of the last event before the cutoff was in order to qualify for the challenger series so i ended up winning that event and that put me into fourth position which kind of qualified me out, not out of the blue but i was kind of like a bit of a long shot yep. and so after that i kind of obviously during covid not been able to work too much so and with how traveling was then at the mo- at that minute it was super hard and super expensive so i didn't have enough money to kind of get me around and my local board riders come to the party and launched a gofundme campaign which obviously i uh, got put around social media and ended up raising I think 13 grand which was which was amazing and really helped me even like being <coughs> able to travel part, I yeah, yeah. The, yeah but yeah it was super special and um and therefore ended up being able to do the series and did well and then obviously qualified and then was able to put on a, a party for them and kind of give back which was super special to me yeah, that's awesome. it really meant a lot being able to give back to a community that had given to me when I kind of wasn't even wasn't that clear of how well I was going to do which was pretty special and mate, talking about that community down there, they've been battered, haven't they? Like, I just feel for you so much. Like, you've done the hard yards without the sticker, and that is hard yards without the sticker. Your community's got behind you, and then you're away, and all of a sudden, your family's house is underwater. Mm. Like, talk about an amazing community and, and what you did or tried to do, the awareness you raised, something you should be congratulated on. And I know you didn't do it for accolades. You did it because you actually meant it. But how is the community down there? How is everyone? Yeah, it's slowly getting back, but I don't think it'll ever probably get back to where it was i think a lot of people are very scarred from what happened my own family's lives in a flood affected zone so they're very cautious and kind of yeah not really sure of what's going to happen next sort of thing but um yeah i think the main thing was how how quick and how how impressive everybody was who jumped in and got got in and got got to work and really like in a time where it was so much was unsure we weren't getting the support from kind of where we thought we'd get the support from and when people when lives needed to be saved the community kind of stood up and yeah and did their part to pretty much save lives i know some crazy stories that my mates have told me of people saving people out of their houses like on their roofs and yeah it's pretty wild what happened yeah, well, Talia, who's taking photos over here of the podcast, her family was um, devastated as well, weren't they? Oh, so yeah, that's water just down the road from you, and yeah. I went down there with her for a day to do some stuff. Fuck me, dude. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll never get that smell out of my head. Like, mm. yeah. just going along and seeing boats on top of buildings, seeing where jet skis in power mm. poles. Like, yeah. just people yeah. have no idea how fast the water was mm. or how high it was. It's, mm. We think of flood, we think, oh, I've got a bit of water coming in the backyard. Like, yeah. it, it was, and it was epic. When I went down there, we worked, and just guys that had come from everywhere were just taking orders from whoever, and it didn't come from the right places, in my opinion, like you said, but yeah. there was a lot of people there to, to do some cool things. And you raised a fair bit of money for your crew back then. You gave away some of your, I mean, you're already struggling on the tour. You got no major sponsor. You're living off winnings, and you still donated back winnings mm. to your community, and you did fundraising. You got all the all the crew. I really wish I bought enough. To, didn't obviously didn't buy enough tickets in it, but I uh, I wanted that board <laughs> with all those signatures on it. Yeah, no. I thought it was really for someone who's got such a focus to win a world championship and like that's that's the money play now. Like that's the game for you. For mm. you to give that back and be constantly pushing back to your community was it's just really cool to see how it all started with the community and and it's it's a true it's so authentic. Okay, you know what I mean? Like you and I had a big chat about all this stuff about how devastating it is down there and where the water was at and I got to see some of it. You know, I'm just I touch the edges. But it was um amazing what you've done. Like, mate, I just I can't thank you enough, like for 
jumping on the tour and surfing for us and stuff because it was unreal watching you on the water. Like, you were so exciting, you know, the power. Yeah. Like you brought power surfing back, you know. Like, there's a lot of guys who have changed their style since you started the tour. I reckon I'll probably get crucified for that. But you can see, and you, and I, I knew you before you went on tour, and every picture I saw you was in the air. Yet on tour, you just led from the rail. Like it was epic watching you surfing. And I've loved having you on the body science family, like during this part. And I know you're you're mad on your training. Like Worko just constantly gives me communicator. He's always telling me how it's going, where he's at. Oh, Cal's done this, Cal's done that. Like it's it's an epic relationship that you've got with your community and your Australian surfing. And it just shows, you know, you don't need what well, you do need, but and you deserve it more. But it's not about the sponsors and the money and this. It's about the people, the community, being authentic. And you are that athlete. You are authentic a true athlete and I love having that in the brand as far as we can do at the moment in that space and it's really exciting to work with people like you I know Tatiana it's good to have a Brazo given some you know Brazilian uh, <laughs> Brazilian uh, nutritionist given a bit of feedback to the Aussies because you know I like to stick it to the Brazos I, I, I think they're awesome for surfing the Brazilian community gets a bit aggressive at times but I, I love the fact that it's brought back you know that hype I, I think it's when it was America and Australia it was you know we're pretty similar mm. in what we do and where we go but you bring the Brazos in there and some of the flair they bring and stuff I think yeah. surfing's in a really good place is where I'm going and to see that next generation of you coming through really excites me to stay in that sport too because it's a sport i love yeah that 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 brazil event was amazing like out of all the events i went to this year the brazil event made me feel like i was a professional athlete made me feel like i was at the pinnacle of the sport like how big the structure was how passionate the fans were and just like how how involved in in the beach and the surf culture the brazilian fans are it was yeah. incredible like going they were down there like every morning asking for signatures the whole time and that's kind of like what I envisioned when I when I used to go say I used to go to the footy games up here and I used to go down yeah. try and get signatures off the plays and that's kind of what it felt like being at the Brazil event so I think Brazilian fans in Brazil being a part of those big kind of powerhouse nations kind of America Oz and um, Brazil I think it's it's amazing for the sport and it's really pushing it and it's kind of especially from the background they come in they come from that they don't have much they got to work for everything they get I think it's very inspiring and it's kind of made i feel like a lot of people in better positions in different countries kind of look at themselves and go okay we've got we've got no excuses here and everything everything to gain and kind of making them pull their finger out a little bit and yeah. having a good hard look at themselves and i think it's it's refreshing and it's good to have in the space yeah mate who on who let's talk about it. who on tour did you when because every time a draw came out i go oh yeah good bad good but you know like, i have fucking no idea but i'm just thinking of what i've said on who is the most fierce competitor in the water yeah i think for me i've always looked up to this person and um just the way they compete and and the way they go about their business in the water and that was gabriel medina yeah when he come back i ended up matching up with him three times yeah, and, and the first two times I, I i was it was the first person i've ever kind of changed the way i compete i've always i've always just done my own thing and really backed myself and backed my decision i've never cared what other people do it's like i'm going to do what i'm going to do and i focus on myself but this time for me going up against him it's the first time i've ever experienced a little bit of awe a little bit like holy shit i'm up against this guy like yeah. i've even versed kelly and i don't get that same that same feel Feeling. so going up against Medina was was big for me and I had to learn how to over those first two heats when he beat me I had to learn okay what like 
mentally what was going on and kind of adapting to what surfing against someone you really look up to is like and that was a big lesson for me and something that I've, I'm going to take with me for the rest of my career about just the mental the mental space you need to be in going up against someone you really look up to and yeah. in Brazil I ended up getting the better of him in, in front of this massive crowd and it was wild like he surfed <laughs> down the peach and every time he would take off it would sound like he was getting a 10 because they just no matter what he did they were going mad and when I was going up it was just I would finish my wave and I'd hear crickets and nothing <laughs> and like it's that, a long paddle back out <laughs> that experience and, and going holy crap like this just like the the nature of surfing against a guy like that it was pretty pretty big and that's somebody that I yeah he was probably the fiercest competitor and just the way he goes about is real crafty and and yeah gets the job done nine times out of ten so how do you go back and reflect with after heat like that who's there for you in that space yeah through surfing australia i work with a sports psych um named jason patchell and he i've been working with him for probably three years now and through the journey of working with people like Worko and and patchell and kind of understanding more about my body and my mind i feel like that's where my performance is really elevated yeah nice however going back and reflecting on it with i call him patchell so going back and reflecting with patchell about how heats when and taking the positives taking the negatives and really learning and trying to be as quick of a learner as possible i think that's really important in a in being an athlete is trying to learn from your mistakes and applying it the very next time you go out there so um for me i'm a big re reflector and kind of a, i'm a massive thinker and i love to really think about things and stuff like that so a lot of the time it's me getting out of my own head and kind of not and trying to just back back the thoughts and be present in the moment and and think less and let my let my like natural ability and just my my instincts take over more in that moment so yeah i go back and reflect and then also also my cousin pete who um i've grew up surfing with and is kind of like the main guy i kind of bounce ideas and my main sounding board he's someone i feel really comfortable with and more so for me it's just about getting things out i'm like i'm an internalizer so the more i just speak about things the more i can kind of understand them and even me speaking about them makes more sense in my brain and i can figure things out even if i don't have to talk to patchell or someone in like kind of that's qualified to speak to in a way yeah that's been a massive help for me and um comes back to surfing australia and their involvement and how pivotal i feel, feel it's been in my performance that's not isn't it great to see these young men willing to talk about internal feelings like you and i work out we would have just held that shit in bit it and gone oh well you know what i mean it's so good to see that there's experts around the athletes that they actually will listen to and talk to i mean it's the sport's really changing, isn't it? Oh, it's changed enormously. Like even understanding how to, you know, the processes of recovery and, and going away and, and going through those processes just literally takes you out of that that's that arena and the pressure of that arena and it, it just gives you that that happy place you know like quite quite often early in um in heats and that we'll do weights afterwards so going into those places and and just switching off that whole mechanism of of pressure and doing the stuff that you know that you're going to be able to hit certain markers on so having all those steps in process allows the athlete in you know in particular those who are buying in to actually clear their head go and do something constructive park what they've gone through process and park it and then move forward about what's my goal for the next day so that whole process is a big learning piece yeah yeah like the likes of cal and and you know he does it very well you know i think that's been um, and understanding what you know like working together with the psych and understanding just little keywords that you can put in that'll actually turn a switch yeah yeah it's so, awesome isn't it yeah so that's it's collaborations awesome. really important which has been good so mate, how did you go your first event was hawaii wasn't it yeah pipe had you surfed pipe before yeah yeah i've surfed pipe a fair bit but it's a very hard wave to get waves at and it's real challenging with the crowd and the crew just look me in the eyes what was it like having two of you out there it must have been fucking epic yeah it's 
pretty surreal. Oh, that's awesome. surreal. Especially my first heat, it was like as good as pipe gets. I heard Kelly say, I think he said this is the best pipe he's ever surfed in an event. So maybe even ever. So to have that in your first event, in your first yeah year on tour, it was a pretty great start. Yeah, that's awesome. And mate, did you, um, you're obviously paddling out in a pretty heavy reef there for those people that understand surfing and the waves were 10 foot, six to 10 foot? Yeah, probably six to 10 foot. Six to 10 foot. So how did you go emotionally in that phase? Like the whole world's watching you, there's cameras on you, there's two of you in the water, so there's no competition except with yourself, really. How how did you as a young athlete, you're 21, on your first pipe session, not sit in the water and just spew everywhere, like just full nerves? I can imagine me, I'd be out there chucking up everywhere. Like mm. a lot of people chuck up before they play footy and all that stuff. So not in my own little space there, working. Give me the look of Jimmy's uh, Greg, seriously. Mm-hmm. But how did you go? Like, Yeah, I think that obviously leading into your first event, there's always going to be nerves and Leading into any event, there's always nerves. I think it's important to um, recognize that that's going to be the case and there's no escape in that. Nice. And for me, when I feel nervous and that I just go back on my process and what am I there to do and kind of reflect and make sure my brain's in the, in the present moment. So for me at Pipe, it was about just like, okay, really being clear on my positioning, really being clear on what how I was going to start the heat, making sure I was centered in that moment and especially on the beach with so much going on. I was just like, okay, breathing. I really focus on my breath and connecting to my breath but when the when the moment comes i've kind of felt like when i was like oh my gosh like pretty nervous the whole way up at leading up and then as soon as i got in the water and i started paddling out i started just like holy crap it's actually <laughs> pumping out here and then kind of that that surf so stoke cool. and that and that wanting to get a crazy wave and yeah um and yeah that that just the inner surfer kind of coming out of me and go holy shit it's, it's just pumping out here. it's as good as it gets pipe i'm out here about to be with three other guys like that kind of feeling come over and um and then i was just really hungry to get a good one and ended up taking off on some big closeouts and wasn't until halfway through the heat i was like oh my god none of us have made a wave and there's the time's running out like i've went and kind of flicked the switch back to okay i'm actually in a heat surfing yeah and then made that switch back to okay i've got to catch a couple waves i've got to get progress through this heat because being in that elimination early in the year with that cart mm. that was it's not a good place to be so no. that was also another great learning piece around when the waves are pumping making sure you're surfing a heat you're not going to go and surfing and that balance between that i think is important i love that event obviously cal was there so i was really invested in kelly put one on for the 50 plus <laughs> surfers so it was a it was a good time for me in surfing mm. i think it um it started really created a really cool year him winning like everything that happened post event it was just epic to watch but we're here to talk about you mate let's talk about your second at bells like you've gone down there and you've absolutely ripped like i, I just remember watching your heats going oh my God, I'm loving every minute of this. Did we, were you? I know you went down there early, and because mm. it's not an easy wave to surf, really, if you ask me. But I'm no pro. But you were just absolutely killing it, and your rail game was next level. Is and we'll give Worko a bit of buff out here. Do you reckon it was a fair bit of getting under the tin with Worko and doing a bit of lifting there? Like that's a that's a you can get off that wave and your legs like oh where are they? I've left them back up the beach. Do you do you think that it was your you had a lucky day? You deserved a second. You had done the work with Worko, so all those and, and team not just work when I say work I mean the whole team like what why was that your best event this year yeah well I think for one the wave really suits my surfing yeah I grew up surfing right end point breaks and that kind of style of wave where you can rip in and it's not it's got that that good balance of being really powerful but kind of having a, a kind of softer lip works well with my style but also going down there early connecting with a local specialist Kale Bell Warren and getting to put some good quality time in understanding how the wave works and yeah. the best way to surf it we went down there and did a block with Adam Robbo and Kale and that was massive and kind of leap 
bit frogging us in terms of what we knew heading into that event. In the lead up to that event, the waves were dead flat. So everyone around the event was trying to hustle, trying to test boards and freaking out. Whereas I um, met myself, Connor and Morgan, Owen Wright, we'd all gone down there and kind of we sat back when everyone was hustling, trying to get waves and we kind of, we'd already put that work in. So I was kind of sitting with that feeling knowing you've already done that work and you know when the waves show up, you know where you're going to be sitting, what waves you're going to be looking for. As well, I had my, my family down there. So I was staying with my family. So yeah. big family support, which um which means a lot to me. And I love being around my family. It makes me feel really good. So having them support me the whole way through was super comforting and made things a lot easier around the event, just with cooking, different things, like just the little just the, the little tasks. Also having the support from Surfing Australia, we had the whole team down there. So we had like physio, SNC, Maasai, different things like that, which made it super accessible to get um, what I needed when I needed. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then also just, yeah, I was just in a good mindset. I'd done a lot of work leading up to that. Um, I felt prepared. I felt ready. I had boards that I felt was going to, were suited to the, to the place. And, um, and then after that, I was just going there and I think I let go a little bit as well of, of that kind of cut. I was like, okay, the cut's coming up. And even when I needed to qualify in Halle Eve, I kind of had this process of just really looking at what's the worst case situation and becoming okay with that and letting go of what's, what that worst case is, looks like. And that kind of makes me move forward and be a lot freer and a lot more just like kind of feel like you got shackles off you a bit and you can feel like you can go perform and I think being aware of of what that looks like to me was important in performing at that event nice man I gotta ask because um I watched the speech on stage that you gave who wrote that for you me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when you when you're up with your bell and you they did the interview with you you were very very <laughs> How do I put it? Well, I was working with dad and I worked out that sucked. Oh, so, yeah, I, I thought I better be a pro. So whatever you said, I'll just take the piss. I actually didn't work. Dad joke bad. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's around, yeah, I don't want to be a carpenter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, I don't know. They asked me a question about something that provoked that answer and I just told them how it was. I started being an apprentice with my dad and realized how much that sucked. And kind of feel like that that second at Bell's kind of was me realizing, okay, I'm actually, this is working. Yeah, like I'm going to awesome. be a professional awesome. surfer yeah. and I have an opportunity to really to really have a career in this and um, making the tour was one thing but then backing up with the result yeah validating the result, yeah. With the result on tour it was yeah. kind of like okay i belong here and i'm here to to win and i felt like I, I had an opportunity to win in that final and i felt like it was competitive i, I had a moment before i went out to that final where i genuinely thought i thought to myself okay callum you're surfing against felipe toledo in like one to two foot ring con a little right hand a rippable right i was like okay there's a good possibility you could get absolutely smoked out here <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you could just get teared up. And then I just went, okay. That was like the negative part of my brain. That's a brain, that's a that's a thought that's not real. It's not realistic. Okay, like really had to sit with that and go, okay, what's my best possible way to win out here? And it was to put myself on the best waves, challenge for the inside, put put some pressure on him and just, I had to not make mistakes and be kind of not be perfect because you can never be perfect. But I just knew I had to, yeah, I had to be my best in that final and I felt like I slipped up a little bit in terms of just the end of one of my ways but I felt like I was happy in the fact that I made it competitive and I put myself in a position to win but yeah it was a that was kind of that that moment of realizing that okay I'm here and I'm, I'm capable of doing what I want to do and I thought one of the great things of that event too was all of the rest of the Aussie guys that had 
made the circuit that year and Owen was there as well. It was just unreal to watch you guys as a unit. Like you haven't really seen that for a long time in surfing. Is that something special to you, the, the crew that's come in the next gen? Yeah, for sure. I think- What you called the Wombats or something? You got a nickname? Yeah, we called ourselves the Wombats. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, anyway, on the on the Challenger Series is kind of where that kind of all happened, being with the, how, how COVID was and how different things, how hard it was to travel. We all kind of banded together and realized that the best way to do that Challenger series was to all band together and help each other and um, we split the cost of most things we're all traveling together traveling together staying together and it kind of formed this bit of camaraderie within the group and we're all no one had the money to go fly to the next spot early and get ready we all kind of stayed there until the event was done and and therefore we all went down and supported each other to the to the end of the contest and um it created this great yeah camaraderie within the group and that's kind of now graduated to the tour and different things like that and we've got it's kind of feel like it's that younger generation of crew that don't have the big major back or just the money in surfing isn't there like it used to be so people are, are traveling together and we're all doing it together so yeah that's that's really special and especially knowing that your mates have got your back when you're coming in and that's unreal yeah it? just grounding yourself in that people around you care i feel like that's important that's cool and i guess a lot of people wouldn't even understand that you don't get a common flights and all those things being on the world tour they probably think that people rock up in private jets and or maybe a couple of them do but it's it's a tough gig it's it's self-funded like you just said and you need a sponsor and anyone out there who wants to get on board with a great athlete if people want to contact you in that space is there someone they should contact uh yeah i, I actually represent myself so if you just oh, contact get ready for some spare mail mate yeah. it comes. <laughs> oh, good it's all welcome but um yeah if you just go through my instagram and there's a link to what's in, your insta uh callum robson with two m so callum m robson c-a-l-l-u-m-m yeah r-o-b-s-o-n yeah exactly no that. underscores no, no nothing, nothing just straight up yeah and then there's a link to email me and yeah you can get in contact with me and go from there well, okay what's the life of a pro surfer these days like how long do like you know rugby, i think rugby league's three years three and a half years is it? Ooh. yeah i'd like to think that there's probably a good 10 year span 10 years um if they can, you know, like maintain on, you know, maintain their ability to stay on tour. So a, a brand um, and athlete can really build a relationship in surfing. Yeah, I think there's there's a mass because the the surf the brand of surfing that they're doing now is like it's far more detrimental to their bodies. So the amount of work that they've got to do to stay fit and healthy is really important. And um, you know, there's there are guys that are, you know, Kelly's the obvious one who does, you know, looks after himself, etc. And he has had a long career. Yeah, surfers now are, are genuine athletes. Mm. So the more they look after themselves and the more they look into how they can do that, you know, the longer their careers are going to be. I, I think there is a, you know, a 10-year career in them, definitely. You'd want to get a clothing sponsor sooner. You just go start a GoFundMe account and create your own clothing brand. Like, fuck it, do it the different, do it the new way, like the way all these young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are all doing there and bringing out their own lines. I mean, look out. So, Cal, this year coming with, with the – the tour in the year coming up because you've requalified. Yeah, yeah. For next year, do you have to go through any of the hard work? No. So you're you're on the tour. How how are you funding that this year? What are you doing? Um, I funded that just through my prize money. Yeah, I've also got some some partners that help me out. Let's do it. Like let's do it. Sparrow boards is that? Yeah, Sparrow, yeah. Samantha Wilson Property, Dragon Alliance, Sunglass Company, Modem, and a guy who helps me out is Kingy Diesel. He's up in um, Sunshine Coast. Yep. So yeah, they're the people that help me out. Let's throw you under the bus, mate. Let's do a let's do an ad right now for your boards. 
Let's go, because I mean, that's probably for anyone who's listening to little groms and you need a new board. Let's hear why Cal reckons they should buy that board. My name's Callum Robson, professional surfer from Evanshead, Australia. I've been riding sparrow boards for about four years now, and I feel like that's what's set me apart from the rest. I feel like the, the performance benefits I get out of my sparrows. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And mate, how Almost. do we get a sparrow board if we want one? How do we find them? Um, you can go through his Instagram, Sparrow Shapes, yep. or you can go to his website, sparrowshapes.com, and yeah, purchase a board tell him i sent you might help you out yeah a little discount on there yeah cal discount (laughs) have you got your own model yet no it's something that i'm working on during the off season i feel like yeah just trying to work on my equipment and something i learned a lot about this year in terms of specifics of where you're going how just how much it changed in terms of like the buoyancy in the water different places you go a lot of places you're wearing real thick wetsuits so you got to factor in that's an extra kilo so yeah just trying to figure out all that and trying to make me a quiver that's going to be going to be able to perform across the whole year in di- all different conditions so when i feel like i've got a, a board that can do that i feel like that's when i'm going to release my model and yeah working towards that especially in this off season i'm going to use it as much yeah, exactly as much like as valuable as i can there's going to be some good opportunity to go do some trips hopefully go to hawaii go to chopu go to fiji's all places i'm trying to want to go to hopefully do some more strike missions down to bells and test pores but really use this off season to expose myself to all the waves and conditions that we get on tour and mate for those people out there that probably think someone picks your boards up and takes them where you need to go you're you, you said you, you know you couldn't afford to fly somewhere early you couldn't do all this how many boards do you get to take with you like in that risk assessment you just did of wetsuits waves all the things you talked about how many boards can you legitimately take with you on to an event i like to travel with about 10 to 12 probably how do you do that i travel two board bags two board bags of six yeah it changes depending on where you're going like hawaii i know a lot of crew had up to like 30 35 boards in hawaii yeah i think i had about 20 22 something around then but yeah going to different spots like bells not as many boards because you don't get as drastic change in conditions even j bay portugal places like that so you're paying excess baggage everywhere you go yeah i got stung so hard come back from Portugal yeah anyway I, I stuffed it up and ended up I was traveling with my girlfriend at the time and she, I put her two bags with her because I assumed okay well if she takes two bags I take two bags it's going to be cheaper yeah and she was on a kilo system and I was on P system oh, no. and I didn't and just with like rocking up late different like rocking up late to the airport like stressing that I wasn't going to catch a flight I put I did hers first and I was just I didn't think properly and ended up getting stung like two two thousand one hundred bucks oh, wow yeah. Wow. I was just like, and then we got through, and I was I was traveling with Connor and his girlfriend, and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and I was genuinely just like, oh, I felt like I was gonna be sick. I was just like, and then she's you're like, working so hard for it too to make yeah. that mistake, and you seem so methodical in your life and everything you're doing yeah. and all around events, but you you, you throw in late like that word yeah. late it changes fucking everything. Yeah. Don't I like it really? Yeah. Well, I wasn't even that late, but the by the time <laughs> for starters they weren't even gonna let me on the plane because they thought the bag was too long to fit on the aircraft. So oh, I was really? Like, and then by the time it got down to like, I was like, oh my God, we're going to, we're not even going to get on this flight. So with like time running out, I was just like, started wigging out and say, like, oh, what, what I pay, whatever it is, I'll just deal with it later. And then getting through the thing and just not realizing that you've paid two grand. Like the amount of things you can do two grand, I was just like, you're joking. <laughs> exactly. You live and you learn. Yeah, exactly. Well, mate, it's been epic having you on. I've enjoyed, you commu- you're a really good communicator. You're during events, you know, sending your messages and your reply, like a lot of athletes turn off during that space. You're just a good human. Yeah, I'm really glad that we, we've we met and I love the people you're working with. Like Worko is one of my favourites in the industry. It's just, it's a nice place for me as an old dude who surfs to sit here with you and talk about it. 
it like just <laughs> I just love I could sit here for this podcast to go for 20 hours but I'm gonna have to stop it but yeah mate is there anyone out there that you like it's your time now do you want to throw us your Instagram account do you want to throw again C-A-L-L-U-M-M-R-O-B-S-O-N yep. best way to get you is on that then you got a link tree that sends you everywhere you want to go how about anyone you want to say thanks to like your first year rookie year there's so many people to thank I'm mm. definitely going to forget somebody yeah I think my family and friends first and foremost they're the people that um, yeah, nice. I lean on in, in hard times and have got my back so so massive thank you to um, friends and family who support me and all the people who support me on my on my journey on the tour massive thank you to all of them and everyone at the Surfing Australia and the High Performance Centre Worko helps me a lot he's somebody I lean on a lot in terms of just a, a good honest person in my corner he's I think a good that's, person, eh? that's really valuable when you're when you're trying to be a, an athlete and having people that are not afraid to be honest with you I think that's super important mm. so everything everybody knows in my corner who yeah that they're real special to me and that they all know how grateful I am to have them epic yeah. that's great mate and for anyone out there that's looking to get a worldwide athlete on their books yeah. look him up get him board he's got no shortage of visual and conceptual ideas that he can throw back because you actually are a very intelligent person in that space and I, although I threw you under the bus with your rabbit sparrow it was crap like that was the shittest that I've ever heard but I'm sure he'll be stoked it's on there I need to, I need to work on that. <laughs> no we're leaving that in that was oh, uh no. I reckon That's that was fine. awesome yeah it was all right it was cool but thanks for coming on and to all the people that are supporting you it's great to see like the people getting behind you and I hope next year is bigger and better mate cheers thanks Greg appreciate your support love it